You are Locked On Heat, your daily Miami Heat podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Heat Nation. I'm David Ramil, the host of Locked On Heat, the longest running podcast covering your Miami Heat. Thanks for making Locked On Heat your first listen every day. And remember that every episode is always free and available wherever you listen to podcasts. So make sure you subscribe and follow to get the best coverage available. With me today to talk about media day, the rest of the Miami Heat season, expectations for this year, and much, much more. A contributor to the Miami Heat beat, a legend of Heat Twitter, Mr. Jack Alfonso. How are you doing, sir? <laughs> I'm doing good. This is why I come on the podcast, to just be built up. That doesn't happen at Heat Beat. They like to tear me down. No, no, no. They're a supportive <laughs> community that loves and welcomes your opinion more than anything else. I think... I think that's widely overstated. And, you know, all of Heat Twitter <laughs> loves each other. We all embrace one another, our faults, all of it. We just, we accept it for who we are. No negativity on Twitter. Not at all. Never, ever, ever. Everything is always puppy dogs and ice cream. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's funny uh, for our listeners. I just wanted to explain a little bit because as you may have been listening to this podcast before, I have been pretty optimistic about this group, uh, having seen what, you know, just the impact of Kyle Lowry's presence in media day yesterday. We've already heard about his impact in day one of practice. Of course, now we should mention that the season has officially kicked off. The first day of practice took place on Tuesday. You'll probably be listening to it uh, this episode on Wednesday morning. But either way, uh, I've been pretty optimistic about everything that's going to happen with this team. I think it's a great veteran group. And I mentioned that to you uh, in a DM and you said, you know, you're not quite there yet. And so I wanted to provide a little bit of a different perspective. Uh, I'm curious to see exactly why, why you have some reservations about this group, because I think that Kyle comes in here and, and fixes a lot of what Miami has had in terms of not necessarily lacking leadership, but certainly point of attack defense, playmaking a more steadying ball handler and playmaker at the point guard position but uh, go ahead i mean and let me let my listeners know exactly why you have some concerns about this team yeah well i'm not too concerned i'm not panicking i'll say right off the bat i think they had as good an offseason as any other team in the nba i think how sure. larry's arguably the best signing of the summer um, I think he changes everything that he do. I think he maximizes Bam. He allows Jimmy to age more gracefully. He's going to help Duncan. He's going to help everybody. He's going to help Hero a lot. Yep. And I mean, across the board, I'm optimistic about individual guys. I think Jimmy's coming off a career year and a lot of people are maybe a little down on him because of the way he looked in the playoffs. But that was, you know, four games compared to, again, a career year and, you know, getting a full offseason's rest. Same thing with Tyler Hero. I think he's going to come out, have a career year. I think Bam's going to do a lot. Looks like he put on a lot of weight. Um, so there's a lot of things I'm optimistic about. I really like the team as it is now. Um, and I'm encouraged that they did all the right things. They did everything they possibly could have in one offseason. Yeah. Where I said I wasn't super high on them or not as high as some people is, I just don't think the roster as currently stands is enough to get where they want to go because they have a high aspirations. You know, they're only like one calendar year removed from the finals appearance. And, yeah. you know, they're holding themselves to that standard. Still, they're always holding themselves to that standard. 
And there are holes on this team. I think um, Cal Lowry is awesome, but he's also a little older. Um, and your backups, Gabe Vincent. I don't hate Gabe Vincent. I think he's a nice, solid backup. And I think Hero's a nice little backup guard. But I don't know if that's that a sounds a little disparaging there. A nice little backup guard. Yeah, six <laughs> for five. <laughs> I don't think he's a point guard, is I guess. Oh, I'm that's saying. for sure. Yeah. That that that's that's pretty obvious. I mean, I think he would cop to that too. So I don't yeah. think that's a hot take. I, I and same thing with Gabe is I don't know how well he's I don't know who's running the offense when you're on the bench. Um, when Kyle's on the bench, when Jimmy's on the bench, when Bam's on the bench. Um and then my big concern is, I think what I said to you was the four rotation yeah. is what I'm concerned about. I like PJ Tucker a lot as a playoff player. Yep. I think he's going to do wonders for certain matchups. We saw it last year. He gives KD fits and there are not a lot of guys who give KD fits. Um, so just right there, that's going to help a lot. You take a great defensive player off of the Bucks, huge win right there in the regular season. I just, he has not been a good shooter in a while. Um, they do need shooting. Um, and then Markeith Morris, I just, I can totally be convinced that Markeith Morris is the type of guy who comes to Miami and has a career year, kind of like a James Johnson or, you know, Dion Waiters to a lesser extent, guys like that who come here after not being so good the past couple of years and turn it around. Yeah. But frankly, Markeith Morris has not been a good NBA player um, he wasn't a good one last year. My memory's not good enough to remember before that, but he's just, I, I think some people are going to be surprised by how not great he is. And then if that's your four rotation, PJ and Markeith, it's just kind of awkward for me. It's weird. Um, it's, and I don't trust Casey Akpala to be anything. Frankly, yeah. I've never been high on him. Yep. Um, and it, he hasn't grown. He hasn't shown anything to give me hope that he can be a rotational player. So that's where the pessimism, if you can call it pessimism, comes from. I think, I think they it's are not, a mid-season not, move away. Yeah, it's not necessarily – I don't even think of it as pessimism. And and I've struggled with this at times too. I, I find myself that even over the course of the offseason, I've vacillated from real excitement about getting Kyle. And part of that is just a sheer format of free agency where everything's building, right? There's this dead period, and all of a sudden it's this – six o'clock deadline. Of course, you've got the guys like Woj and Shams and others tweeting about potential moves and players that are being linked to side front franchise and everything else like that. And then, you know, it all kind of culminates within three or four days, this incredible 72 hour span where everybody's just like bursting with all these transactions and keeping track of what's happened. And there's trades and everything else like that. It's hard not to get excited and caught up in that movement. And then in the weeks and months since then, you kind of come to that realization, well, maybe there are holes here. Maybe there are parts of this team that are not yet complete or certainly not up to snuff when it comes to their expectations. Like you mentioned, they title and those are the expectations every year. But I think there are they're probably a little bit more realistic this season, even than they were last year, because even last year, I think they were, you know, there was the shortened offseason. There were the injuries to go on Dragic. There were the doubts, certainly externally, maybe even internally, about whether or not they could duplicate the success of the previous uh, Orlando bubble run. Now, all of a sudden, you've got Kyle Lowry here, and I think that certainly changes the dynamic. The expectation is a lot more in line with what it traditionally is, which is a pursuit of a title, because you bring in a championship winner in Kyle, a player 
probably towards the tail end of his prime, but certainly impactful. You're paying him a lot of money. You pay Duncan Robinson a lot of money. That changes the calculus. You're you're focusing on a title without a doubt. But you you're absolutely right in having these kind of concerns. So I'm I'm curious, you know, how, how to manage those, how to to balance it. Because I, I while I feel optimistic, I understand what you're trying to say as well. And look, we had I had Ty Windish of the Eurostep podcast here. Uh, last week and we talked about pj tucker and he was just like look he loved pj on the team mostly because he was a good vibes guy and look he was only on the bucks for you know half a season acquired at the midseason trade deadline and you know a guy who had been linked to miami as well and joined milwaukee instead and by the end of the season largely unplayable because of his lack of offense because you knew if his shot wasn't falling what else is he going to be able to contribute? And even when you're saying that he gives KD fits, as Ty pointed out in the podcast last week, it's you're giving KD fits to like hold him to a slightly yeah. inefficient <laughs> 50 points. You know, it's like, oh, he only shot 45% from three as opposed to 50%. That's, you know, you can't yeah. really stop him all that much. Uh, so it's just, there are concerns. I personally think that Markeith is probably going to wind up starting. I, I kind of just wind up going back and forth on this. I feel like, Markeith may wind up starting more often than we think at this point, but I totally agree with you in that he just kind of fits the bill in terms of like a guy who really feels like he will turn his career around because I think he's at that point now where he realizes he needs to do something different in order to extend an NBA career that's been up and down uh, to, to, re to refresh your memory. Prior to that, he was with the Knicks. He was one of those 18 point uh, power forwards that they signed a couple years ago before adding Tom Thibodeau. <laughs> and then before that, he was with uh, Detroit and he had some injury marred years there. So it was it's kind of been back and forth. I mean, the only thing I know really about Markeeper really recall about him is that he was the better of the two twins earlier on in their career. And then Marcus wound up kind of taking off when he was a member of the Boston Celtics on those teams that kind of overachieved with Jay Crowder and everything else. And then uh, Markeith started going on the downhill slide when he joined the Washington Wizards. And from that point, it kind of just was off and on for him. And I mean, uh, he won a title against Miami, uh, you know, in the Orlando bubble. So I think that's bringing up. I mean, look, if, if you're going to look at these acquisitions of Lowry and Tucker and Morris, I know a lot of it feels like just good vibes. And I, I know it kind of, that's not exactly the analysis that most of my listeners are probably looking for, but I, I think there's something to the addition of culture guys or guys that understand what it's like to work. Even PJ Tucker after today's practice said that uh, this is a dog pound in terms of, you know, just guys that like, like putting in the work and stuff like that. And that's like a great answer, right? I mean, you want to hear a guy like PJ specifically be able to talk about the, just the grit and intensity and tenacity of, of this particular team. But, you know, uh, the fact that PJ just won a championship, that Mark Keefe won it the year before, that Kyle won it the year before that, that's, I mean, that's that's good to have on this roster. Before that, the only championship experience was Udonis Haslam, and that's not exactly swaying anybody, not nearly as much as it once did, at least not in my opinion. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, just purely about Mark Keefe in terms of good vibes is, you know, if he's going to turn things around anywhere, it seems like here is the environment that's conducive to success. Like he has UD there. He has PJ there. Those guys are going to push him. I think Bam's going to be a great front court partner for him. Um, you know, Jimmy's a madman. He'll push him. Kyle's an incredible leader. They top to bottom, they've constructed 
an awesome roster in terms of leadership, championship experience, um, vibes, like you say. Um, there is just the basketball matter that does concern me, but I, I do kind of want to, I guess, cut against my pessimism. It's, <laughs> you know, I've talked to Tiffany Meeks, uh, heat beat colleague, um, hangover time star about this a little bit. And it's not so much that we're both pessimistic about what they did in the off season. It's more so that we're waiting to see what they do before the trade deadline, because I think the past couple of years, I think last year, they got Trevor Ariza and Deadman, And then the year before that, obviously, the Jay Crowder trade changed their fortunes significantly. I trust them to be able to do stuff like that. Um, you know, they have a history of doing that even before this. You know, Birdman was a team-changing trade for the big three. Like, he was instantly an impact player that kind of instantly solved their big one glaring hole and catapulted them to dominance and same thing with jay crowder catapulted them to a finals run there yeah i trust them to do stuff like that even if i think maybe ariza wasn't like the fix all for them i think he was an incredible signing um i a think plug that and play meant- player according to trevor himself at lakers media day today he's a guy who impacts winning although that clearly wasn't the case last year yeah, I mean, there was only so much he could do, and like sure. they just needed so many things. It just wasn't happening, but he did everything he could do. I, get um, it. I thought he was an incredible signing. Deadman obviously was an incredible signing. That's why he's still here. Hmm. Um, so guys like that um, can change the fortunes for your team, and I think this Heat roster specifically is in perfect position to make like a Trevor Ariza, Jay Crowder, Dwayne Deadman type move and just okay. kind of plug and play a guy and then oh, boom, your four rotation is solved because if you have one more guy um, who's not Markeith Morris or <laughs> uh, P.J. Tucker, you know, somebody who can maybe hit a three once in a while, yep. um, then you're good. You're solid, and then that's not a concern. And then, you know, you'll also have the time to kind of evaluate what Victor Oladipo is looking like. I know we talked perfect. about him earlier in the offseason. Perfect segue. Let's put a pin on that, and we'll kind of save that for our next segment because as we're talking about the trade deadline, there's always the potential of adding a very quality player down the road to, and as you mentioned, that's Victor Oladipo. We'll talk about him and the next segment you're listening to Locked on Heat. Listen, I've been telling you about this product before, but I think it's worth bringing up because it's such a great product. Doctor created, doctor recommended. It works for only uh, seven days per use. It's called Sweat Block. If you or somebody you know has a problem with profuse sweating and you want to do something about it, then Sweatblock is the product for you. It's got amazing reviews on Amazon.com. It's been a bestseller there for the past 10 years. If you go to Sweatblock.com right now and use the promo code LOCKEDON, you'll get 20% over at Sweatblock.com. You can also find it, like I said, at Amazon.com or at CVS or again at Sweatblock.com if you use the promo code LOCKEDON. And speaking of things you can rely on, Nothing better than a family-owned business that's been serving auto parts customers online for two-plus decades. That's 20 years of service. That's rockauto.com. You can go to a traditional chain storefront. You can ask them questions. They'll ask you questions. See if they have the parts available in their warehouse, looking them up on their computer. Why go through that hassle? It's the same computer you have at home or on your phone, which means you've got access to rockauto.com and their easy-to-navigate website. Just a few easy clicks. 
and you find the part that you're looking for right away delivered directly to your door at a great low price because their low prices are the same for everybody. If you're tired of dealing with a traditional chain storefront and you want to make improvements to your car or if you want to just get the parts for somebody you know, then rockauto.com is a choice for you. Rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck and then go to the section that says, how'd you hear about us? And write the phrase locked on so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. That's rockauto.com. Here with Jack Alfonso, we're reviewing the first couple of days of the heat season from media day to the first day of practice and kind of evaluating what this team might be able to actually accomplish. And before the break, we were talking a little bit about a potential trade deadline. I, I, I'm, I've quit pinning my hopes on that big move. Like, I just don't think they're going to be able to do it. And I know that you were not necessarily leaning towards the acquisition of a superstar. They're not getting a superstar level player at the midseason trade deadline, but it's more about a move on the fringes, as you pointed out before. Dwayne Dedman, Trevor Ariza, Jay Crowder, on and on. Guys that have historically throughout the Pat Riley's tenure with his team been able to impact the team to some degree, maybe just be a good cultural fit, but also a, an impactful player on the court as well. And, you know, I think a lot of people, myself included, are probably expecting that boost to come from Victor Oladipo. Uh, in practice, well, rather in media day yesterday, he seemed optimistic. No time frame from Eric Spolstra or Victor himself uh, showing some hops as he's taking some pictures under the hoop and things of that sort. So I, I guess he's not fully healthy, but he's working his way back there. And I don't know. I, I mean, what's the what, what do we expect from Victor when he comes back? Because is he going to be a guy who can initiate offense? Is he? the backup point guard to some extent, or is he just a guy who is going to be a wing defender, another guy that you can switch, maybe stretch the floor, maybe get to the hoop on occasion? What's, what is your, not your perfect vision, but what do you think Victor is actually able to do once he comes back? Because we won't have, you know, we can always muddy the waters during this conversation because we'll have team guys saying he's at a hundred percent. We'll have Victor saying he's at 85% and everybody kind of puts these percentages. There's no way of knowing like he, I don't think he, alluded to being anything less than 100% last year, and he only wound up being able to play four games with Miami. So I'm just, what's the what's the scenario in which Victor is most impactful next season, or this season, rather? I mean, I, I'm not really sure what to expect from him, just, I mean, because, yeah. again, uh, you don't know who to trust there. It doesn't really mean anything if somebody says they're 100%. Yeah. Uh, but um, I'm not expecting Pacers Oladipo. Obviously, I don't think anybody is. I think, you know, last season in the four games he played, he didn't look incredible, but he solved a lot of things immediately for the Heat. It was good. Um, it was good. Um, he's a good wing defender. Um, if he can get back to that, give them good point of attack defense off the bench, that would be huge. Um, on top of that, if he can hit some catch and shoot jumpers, you know, he historically is a very good catch and shoot three-point shooter i mean not he's not duncan robinson but he is a solid serviceable catch and shoot three-point shooter i think he hovers around 40 percent catch and shoot um so if he can get to that point where he's given you a little bit on offense and he's given you some rough and tumble defense i think that's all you can ask for anything more is a luxury and you 
you know, that instantly becomes one of the best signings of the offseason because, you know, he's a no risk, high reward player. And I don't know, I'm I have no nothing to base this on, but I'm pretty optimistic about him coming back and Same putting way. together a healthy season. I, yeah. I just I, I've always rooted for the guy. I think all the stories about the surgery, whatever, um, maybe going better this time. It just seems like there's some reason for optimism that he'll kind of get back on his feet and string together some games. That's all he needs to do is just stay on the floor because I think if he's on the floor, the defense is going to be there. And you just hope there's enough offense that he's giving you something there. Yeah. Is he, you think part of your like closing lineup in terms of defense, if you need like a, if you need a group to get a stop at the end of a possession or the end of a game or something like that, is he out there on the floor? I mean, assuming he comes back to whatever point of relative health that he does, I would assume that he's out there, right? With Kyle, Jimmy, Bam, and either one of Tucker or somebody else. I think that's probably a best bet. Probably Tucker, I would guess is, is your best group there. That seems like probably your strongest defensive unit. If I'm, I'm not miss- missing anybody, what do you think? Yeah. Um, I, I have a, I guess, a phobia of defensive lineups in general. Sure. Um, I think I think when we had Derek Jones Jr., they would always put out Derek Jones Jr. to, like, help them close the game. <laughs> and my theory is always just put out your best players. And you I, know, I see you, you doing air Derek quotes. I, I assume that you're doing air quotes as you're saying that, right? Because I, I, I just imagine. Screw up. <laughs> like, yeah. And it's nothing against Derek Jones Jr., but, like, when you have somebody like that who's, like, a defensive air quotes, defensive specialist, Um, you know, there's, I would maybe rather have the smarter, less defensively astute player on the floor than the mistake prone defensive Maven. But I think like, if you're looking at their defensive lineup or their closing lineup, they can put together something really competent and really solid. Like, like you say, Kyle Oladipo, Jimmy, I, I would guess it has to be Tucker unless Keith turns it around in a big way. Um, And then bam, I think, you know, you got to hope Depot's somewhat of a shooter because that's not really, you know, it's either Kyle or Depot or maybe bam, suddenly a 45% three point shooter. And that saves everything. Um, You never know, but uh, there's not a lot of offense in that closing lineup. Um, So maybe, maybe hero or Duncan is in there sometimes, but Yeah, if you're trying to get a stop, for sure. I think that's an incredible lineup to put out there. Um, all of those guys are hard to score against. Yeah. Um, well, you mentioned it, Bam Adebayo. I think that's what's got a lot of people abuzz from yesterday's media day session. You know, he, he addressed it right away. I think some, I can't recall exactly who it was who asked the first question, but he said, you know, basically they asked, what is it you were working on this offseason? And he said, well, I'm going to be a shooter. I want to be a shooter, I think is how he phrased it. And I, I mean, it was interesting to hear him say that and put that out there right away. Um, pretty obvious. We didn't see that from him with Team USA. We certainly didn't see that from him. You know, obviously we saw the expanded mid-range and things of that sort, but how much stock do you put in his answer that he wants to be a shooter? I think it's huge because um, I didn't expect to hear that. Um, I think, like you said, we didn't see it with Team USA, obviously, um, because you're on a team with Kevin Durant and all the greatest shooters in the history of the game. <laughs> sure. but, um, uh, beyond that, like, I just think, 
my concern or people's concerns with him have been kind of about lack of aggression. Right. Um, and I think, you know, he's been a pass first guy for his career. I don't personally fault him for that, but I do think it would behoove the heat to have kind of a go-to score. And I think Bam makes the most sense um, being that guy. I don't think it makes sense for Jimmy to be that guy. I think Kyle's kind of going to age out of that. And it would, you know, for the future of the heat, if, Bam's continuing to expand his offensive repertoire and specifically his scoring repertoire, as we saw last year, um, sky's the limit for him. I think he can be one of the very best players in the NBA. Like he's already a defensive player of the year candidate. He's already, I would say like, you know, one of the three, four, maybe two best passing bigs, you know, it's Jokic and then everybody else, but it Bam's right up there. And then, you know, he had a really nice jumper. He would, I think people were a little down on him just because of that lack of aggression, but he did add like four points per game to his game last year, a nice jumper. And now he has a full off season to work. Everybody says he puts on a, put on a ton of muscle oh. um, as I, I guess evidenced by anybody who was at media day kind of remarked about it. And I think there was an interview where they said he put on like 15 pounds of muscle yep. or something like that. So yeah. That's encouraging. You want to see him aggressive because I think he absolutely has the talent to be that guy. I think if he develops his offensive game a little more um, and then he's just being aggressive at getting to his shots and Kyle's helping him, I don't really think there are more than like two or three players in the NBA who can stop him from getting to the bucket. So that's fair. Yeah. I, mean, that's... I think it changes the fortunes of this team significantly if he is. A shooter. Yeah, I I really am so curious to see how the the relationship works with Kyle Lowry. I, I just it's not a knock on Goron. I just don't think he ever really got a chance to feel as comfortable and develop that kind of on court chemistry. Obviously, they were in and out, never quite sharing the floor as often as they probably would have liked, and it was just a very different scenario over the last couple of years. We saw Goron improve his chemistry with Hassan Whiteside to some degree, and that was cut short then when Hassan was traded, and then Bam is a starter, Goran going to the bench, etc. So now it's a, a very different relationship, I think. I, I really do believe that Kyle is going to help Bam transform his game to another level. I was so encouraged by Kyle's responses. We just, we never hear, or we, I don't think we've heard this from any player ever because it, we've had the the Dwayne era, the Dwayne Wade era here for so long where he was the primary ball handler. And while he had to share those duties at some point with LeBron James, and then when Dwayne left to Chicago, it was kind of Goron slash Dion handling the bulk of that you know responsibility. We haven't had like a real point guard here in a long time. No knock on Mario Chalmers or Goron or anybody else, but it's just, it's very different. And you even hear... Eric Spolster talk about it after his first day of practice, saying that he's an all-world quarterback or something like that. I, I mean, just the idea that Kyle knows how to find guys in their spots to get them the ball in the right situation. And, and something that he told me when I asked him about it, he was just, just asking guys how their day goes. You know, just the idea of, like, that you go into a game with the right kind of mindset and mood uh, and that Kyle is going to try to recognize, oh, he's in the right place he needs to get the ball early and often. He knows when to distribute. He knows how to balance that out. I, I'm very, very encouraged to see how that relationship is going to develop with Bam in particular. But uh, you, you mentioned muscle watch, and I do want to save that 
for our next segment because I'm a little concerned about how it's been overstated to some degree, but we'll get to that in the next segment here on Locked on Heat. Sometimes you just want a nice indulgent treat, and yet you're worried about the calories, you're worried about fat content, so many things that you have to concern yourself about, and you don't want to sacrifice taste. Well, let me tell you, you don't have to with the best tasting protein bar I've ever had. That's Built Bar. Uh, so many delicious flavors to choose from, whether it's coconut or mint brownie, salted caramel, cookies and cream, and you can get a mixed box with all of your favorites. That's right. Two of each of the nine flavors that they offer. You can get them all in one box at a great low price. Built Bars, soft, easy to chew, 100% covered in chocolate, so you don't even know that you're eating a protein bar but it feels like you're getting just a, a chocolate treat, like a candy bar almost, but you're still getting all the nutrients that you might be looking for in all types of diets. So go to built.com right now, use a promo code LOCK15, and you get 15% off your order. That's right. Use a promo code LOCK15 if you want 15% off, but only if you go to built.com. And with the money you save there, make sure you go to betonline.ag because they're back and better than ever. So many people looking at the gridiron as teams are back to start another football season. And as always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this year with a new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests. BetOnline.ag continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive a 100% welcome bonus. That's double your initial deposit just for signing up. Don't forget to use the promo code NFL100 from football to basketball to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. They're your online sportsbook experts. And don't forget to use the promo code Locked On. Betting on the NBA doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked On Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Locked On Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get podcasts. I'm here with Jack Alfonso of the Miami Heat Beat, and we are talking about the heat season. And one of the things that has me a little concerned is the overt fetishization of muscle watch that's taken place with the Miami Heat offseason. It's just gone a little bizarre. I am part of a, a proud Miami Heat group chat, uh, the Ron Rothstein pool party. Shout out to them. They probably listen to this podcast pretty <laughs> regularly. In any case, uh, they just are, are commenting on every player. You know, Kyle's lost weight. Jimmy looks leaner. Uh, Bam looks much more muscular. Tyler's put on 15 pounds. He looks incredible, etc. I just... I feel like we do this every year and every year it's the same BS and it never really works. And I don't think it necessarily translates to anything like with Tyler. I mean, the, the, the baseline for him was so low that any kind of weight he puts on, I think will significantly help, but is Bam really going to be, I don't know, markedly improved as a player just because he's added weight. Like how is that going to change his game as opposed to last year? Do you, am I making mounds out of molehills here or is it, do you find it a little odd as well? I mean, it's always odd. Again, like you said, it happens every single year with every yeah. single team in the NBA because there's not a lot of content to go off of. This is, you know, the low point before preseason where we actually have some things to base stuff off of. So media day kind of gets crazy. 
I think the way that it's different this year is because Tyler has not had a full off season since entering the league basically. Yeah. And I think that's significant. I think that's even if you had, I hadn't seen any pictures of him looking lean and muscly or whatever, um, or I hadn't seen any interviews saying, man, Tyler's put on like 15 pounds of muscle or whatever. <laughs> I would still be encouraged just by the purely the fact that um, the, the off season after enter, en, entering the NBA is really the chance you get to develop an NBA body. And Tyler right. does not have an NBA body. Um, he's scrawny as heck. He's undersized. But if he can kind of put some weight on or, or put some muscle on, I think that helps him significantly with Bam. I think in the interview, he had said something about, you know, in the shortened off season coming off the shoulder um, injury, he wasn't able to really lift that much. So I think that's significant as well. Just having a healthy off season to get your body right and to, you know, get it where it needs to be. Yeah. Beyond that, like, I don't care how much muscle like Markeith Morris put on or PJ Tucker (laughs) stuff like that. I just care about the guys who did not have full off seasons last year, have full off seasons this year. And, you know, some of them were coming off injuries. So uh, I think that's significant. I think it's yet to be seen how significant it is. And of course, because it's media day, because we've gone through the entire off season without much content, kind of like you said, once free agency, once that like 72 hour period ends, it's just kind of, a lull until preseason. So I think everybody's excited to jump on the first thing they can, but I do think with hero and bam specifically, it's meaningful or it yeah. should be meaningful. Yeah. That's a good point. That's a good point. I, I, I could see that, especially if it's a, a preventative measure in terms of injury or anything like that. And we want to see more consistency out of guys last year was so weird for a number of reasons between injury and COVID and the short off season and the fact that these players were just so exhausted mentally and physically, and just, I, I think things will return to normalcy. Uh, I was curious, is there a player that you're watching aside from, you know, the, the main cast of characters there, the, the obvious starting lineup or the likely starting lineup that you expect any kind of impact? You mentioned Gabe Vincent before. Is there anybody else in this roster that you're hoping will be able to contribute to some degree? I mean, obviously Spolstra, and his rotations are always a little wonky. We're not quite sure what to expect from them on a nightly basis. And then either he either he's off the grid completely or he's just so rigid in his rotations that uh, it doesn't allow for anybody else to kind of make much of an impact. But is there any player in this roster that you think you'd like to see be able to impact this team and impact winning? I don't know if in the immediate short term there is, but I do think one significant thing about this season as opposed to last season is just that they're going to have their G league team back. Yeah. They've used that to great success. And they have a lot of, they have Yurtsevin, uh, they have Max Struess, uh, you know, DJ Stewart, Marcus Garrett, guys like that who, you know, showed some stuff in summer league. Um, Yurtsevin I think is the exciting name out of that group. I like Marcus Garrett a lot, but Yurtsevin, uh, was kind of the star of the summer league team. So, you know, I think he'll kind of maybe that oscillate between G league Sioux falls and Miami, but um, maybe we see something kind of like what we saw with Josh Richardson's rookie year, where he basically spent um, to my memory, the whole first half of the year yep. in Sioux falls more or less, and then came back, you know, kind of a transformed player. And we've seen that I think with Tyler Johnson, 
got a lot of help from Sioux Falls and then came and was able to contribute to winning. So uh, something like that would help, you know, I don't know if he can play four at all, but he can hit threes. It seems like, so I'd be interested to see where they view him as a potential front court option. Um, And then Struess, everybody likes Struess, incredible shooter, kind of red hot. Um, I don't want to, you know, put Duncan level expectations on him because I don't think that's fair of literally any player um, in the NBA. Duncan's a very unique case, but the shooting's not a joke. Um, He's got absurd confidence. And I think, you know, they're still going to need that. They've got some more offensive weapons than they have in the past, but they're still not a team necessarily with a go-to scorer at all times. So it will, you know, it will just help to have some shooting off the bench there. I don't know what to expect from Gabe. I do not expect anything from KZ, unfortunately. Neither do I. Um, and, you know, beyond that, I think it's just going to be the standard players i think kyle's gonna have a great year i think jimmy's gonna have a great year i think bam's gonna have a great year do you i know this is kind of reductive a little bit but is there a projection that you think man in terms of wins losses that you feel comfortable and making for this team um you know it just kind of depends on health i think um you know if jimmy misses 20 games again and kyle could certainly also miss 20 games again that changes the projection for sure but Obviously, that's not what you're asking. Let's let, I, I'll just assume relative health. Um, sure. Assuming relative health, I think they can get into the low mid 50s. That I'm pretty optimistic wow. that they're going to may, maybe low 50s. I that, think they can get <laughs> that's exceeding what I thought. 48 like, wins. Yeah, that's that's look, that's impressive. I mean, I, I, I agree with you. I agree. If, if this team is even relatively healthy and everything, coalesces the way we expect it to because it should just because Kyle seems like such a great and natural fit from day one then all of a sudden this team has a much higher ceiling and while I know a lot of people around the league are saying you know the rest of the east has improved there are other teams even in the division that have taken some big leaps there aren't as many punching bags in the eastern conference as there have been in years past I still like what Miami can do and, and even even for a team like Miami that doesn't always prioritize the regular season I think they can still just wind up falling ass backwards into a whole heck of a lot of victories. So I I'm, I'm right there with you. Low 50 seems like on the high end, mid 50 seems wow. Like, like I don't know if they, they can necessarily <laughs> reach that. That seems a little, even too optimistic for me, but I mean, like I said, on this podcast, Ty Windish said 43 wins, his co-host on the Eurostep podcast said 41 wins. It's just so hard. Like, you know, we're at this point now, where we're so embedded in heat coverage. Uh, and, and so when you look around a national perspective, not a lot of people are as high on this heat team as as we are locally. So it's always good to get a balanced perspective here. But um, is there, you know, I don't know. As far as this heat season, we'll have to wait and see. I'm excited about the opportunities. I'm excited about the possibilities. Uh, as far as the rest of the league, I know you and I had talked pre recording the show that maybe we would get into the the drama of the anti-vaxxing stands and everything else like that but i think that just might be too deep a topic to get into with just such a more a short amount of time is there any storyline currently around the league it feels like there are so many of them um that you're kind of like curious about or just like just want to see i don't know play out in a in, in some kind of loud and spectacular way i mean i yeah for sure but quickly on you know kind of how the heat don't 
really try in the regular season so much. I do think um, they have an insane chip on their shoulder. Sure. I think Jimmy's going to come out to kill. Jimmy got embarrassed, like really, really bad in a like really horrifying fashion against the Bucks this year. And I don't think Jimmy's going to let that sit. I don't think Bam's going to let that sit. I don't think Spo's going to let that sit. Does he have a picture of Bryn Forbes of in his locker room from day one? <laughs> I think so. I think he's got voodoo dolls of the entire Bucks roster. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think around the league, um, you know, as we talked right before the podcast, I'm in Denver. I'm living in Denver. I'm, I'm a huge Jokic fan. Coming yeah. off an MVP season where I think he's still not as respected as he should be around the league. No. I think he's still somehow an underrated player despite being an MVP. Um, I think, you know, Michael Porter Jr. just got an absurd Ooh. contract that, you know, we're going to see how that works out. You're going to get to see Jamal Murray coming back. That's a big thing I'm excited for is seeing guys like Jamal Murray coming back, seeing Clay Thompson come back. I can't wait to see him on the court again. Um just guys who we haven't seen in a while. Um, last year was such a weird season. I'm excited just for some level of normality, if that's even possible. But um, I'm excited just to get some basketball that's not plagued by COVID, fingers crossed. Because, you know, we won't talk about the vaccination rate, but it does seem like 90% of the league is vaccinated, which is good, at, pretty good, better than you know, most places. That's fair. Yeah, no, that's absolutely right. And, and uh, CJ McCollum, the recently elected president of the basketball players association, tweeting that out amidst all the, the focus on guys like Jonathan Isaac and Bradley Beal, and certainly Kyrie Irving. Let's not forget that the league by large uh, has done a pretty good job of promoting vaccinations of, of, you know, getting even older stars like Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and Bill Russell and others to show that it's important to get vaccinated. So uh, that that is worth you know focusing on as opposed to the obvious negativity that seemed like it was pretty rampant uh, across <laughs> NBA Twitter on media day, taking away some of the, the, the bloom off the media day rose, which is funny because it's always such a positive experience that everybody's going to the NBA finals on, you know, 30 other teams are so optimistic about their years. And now it was just a shadow of the vaccine, whether you're vaccinated or not kind of hanging over this, but, uh, Anyway, Jack, thanks so much for taking the time to come on the show. Um, are you going to be doing the Weird Al pregame uh, this upcoming season, or is that still in development? Uh, yeah, we will be doing it. I'm pretty excited about it. Um, it's going to be me. Um, it's going to be a lot of people from Heat Beat, you know, Tiffany Meeks, um, Alf Sidney, Giancarlo, um, Navas, Frankie as well. So it's going to be fun. We're going to start sometime in the preseason. That will be, um, if you follow me at, at Alfonso hoops, keep you updated on that. And, um, yeah, I'm excited to get going with this heat coverage and maybe not have a game literally every other day, like we did last year. Yeah. It'd be good to take a couple of days off in between certain games here. So we'll, we'll see how it plays out. It's going to be uh, an interesting ride nonetheless. And, uh, thank you again for taking the time to come on the show and make sure to all of my listeners that you're following Jack and make sure you follow the Miami heat beat for all the great work that they do over there, even though they are a quote unquote rival podcast, uh, just a <laughs> reminder that you can always reach me via email at lockdownheat at gmail.com or via Twitter using the hashtag ask heat. Be sure to please follow the show and leave a review. If you can special thanks to all of our sponsors for supporting today's episode, but thanks to all of you, first of all, for taking the time and making 
this show a part of your regular listening. I'm David Ramil, signing off for now.